everyone, and welcome to another edition of Valley Naval Gazing, a weekly talk show brought to you by ValleyIndy.org and WNHH 103.5, New Haven's community radio station. I'm Ethan Fry of ValleyIndy.org, and joining me as always is Valley Indy editor Eugene Driscoll. Hello. How are you? Good. Okay, great. Uh, we're recording this podcast Friday, May 20th, to be published on valleyindy.org May 23rd. That's Monday. Uh, in addition, it will be broadcast May 30th on WNHHLP 103.5 in New Haven and on newhavenindependent.org. It's a lot to remember. Yeah. Um, today, we're joined by Jamie Cohen. He's the retired president of the Valley Community Foundation, who is now working on another community project, the restoration of the Civil War Monument on the Derby Green. Jamie, uh, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, just to go into a, a little of the background on the monument there on the green, uh, the memorial was created uh, by the cities of Derby and Huntington, which Shelton was known uh, way back when, in 1877. It was uh, dedicated July 4th. Uh, the granite pedestal and the base. Um, seven years later, they raised some more money. The seven-foot-tall bronze statue of a Union soldier was later placed on top of the pedestal, and that was dedicated July 4th, 1883. How do you know so much about this monument? Because Jamie sent me a bunch of information <laughs> about it before we recorded the, yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're like, it has uh, carvings on the pedestal, bronze pl plaques with the names of 75 soldiers from Derby and Shelton, who died in the Civil War. And the uh, plaque reads, in memory of the men of Derby and Huntington who fell in the service of their country in the War of the Rebellion, 1861 to 1865, as defenders of liberty and nationality. And there's also a poem uh, uh, on the bottom of the uh, pedestal. And we're talking about, I'm just going to jump in for yeah, one yeah. second. I'm going to, uh, for the anti-intellectuals like myself, we're talking about the monument with the cannons on the Derby. Yep, there's four right. cannons. Okay. And that uh, lists the names of uh, four Civil War battles. Gotcha. Uh, I have those somewhere. Gettysburg, Atlanta, Chancellorsville, and New Bern, which was in North Carolina. And I guess just to start out, uh, Jamie, uh, how did you uh, get involved? Uh, how did you get the idea of, uh, of uh, getting involved in trying to uh, put together like a restoration effort for this uh, monument? You know, it was something that I knew about all of my life, basically growing up. Um, in Derby, I was, I was part of the, the Cub Scouts and the Boy Scouts, and we met uh, at the Methodist Church in the basement of the Methodist Church, which is on the left of the monument, and then we, the Boy Scouts met in the Congregational Church right across the street. So if you were meeting guys to go to the, to the Scouts for a period of many years, we'll meet you at the Cannon. Hmm. We'll meet you at the Statue. We'll meet you on the green at the cannon. And we'd sit on the cannon and, you know, I mean, started at age eight years old. Mm -hmm. And it really, like, it sort of, like, commands the whole the whole green there. It's, it's, it's on like an sort upper of dominates level. There. Yes, it does. And, and the, way it's, the way it's raised, they did a very good job of figuring it because the green slopes down towards the downtown, towards the river. Um, but that was the highest point and, and made it very visible. So if you were driving by, you could see it. And then, of course, um, as a kid and then many weekends, a weekend days later, years later, with my young sons eating Durante sandwiches sitting <laughs> there, they sat on the same cannon that I did, and it was something that uh, I always thought about, and I 
once I saw the, the problems that had happened, I said, this is something I want to do something about. I want to help protect and preserve it for the next 139 years. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, or let's talk about the, the actual problems. What mm -hmm. are the, what okay. are the problems with the, with the monument that you saw? You know, it, it's like many other things. You go by a place hundreds of times, literally thousands of times, and you just think that maybe it's the same way as it was when you when you sat on the cannon and that this, on a particular day it was actually almost exactly two years ago now it was Ed Strang Day where the scouts have an event on the green in honor of, of Ed Strang and I was walking on the green with Randy Ritter and as we approached the right rear of the mine we just happened to look to the left and we saw that it looked like someone there was something wrong it looked like someone had tried to pry one of the bronze plaques right off of the, the granite so we walked up to it, and we s could see that although it was bent, it was badly bent, it hadn't been able to, to come off completely because it was so well pinned on the, on the other corners. When, so we walked around, and we saw some of the other damage that you were talking about, Ethan, where people had just done malicious things, like taken a hammer and broken one of the name, names of the, uh, one of the battles, Chancellorsville, I think. The corner of one of the letters was smashed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the cannon, someone had broken off uh, the strap that was holding it down. And on the soldier, uh, the strap that held the rifle to his shoulder and the trigger of the gun were broken off. So, I mean, there were things that you don't see, you hadn't thought about. But yeah, yeah, it's just sort of like part of the background there and you just, take it for it granted. Just, yeah. It's what it was. And, and But when you looked at it carefully, you said, this is a terrible situation. It looked like nothing had ever been done ever to fix it up. And it turns out I, I investigated and found out that on all of those years in 139 years there had never been uh, a restoration there had never been a repair there had never been a, even a cleaning of mm. this monument in all of that time but it looked like it was now what you used to call an attractive nuisance something that was had become that was good had become bad and so that it was easy then to throw a rock through a, a vacant um, house or a garage that had been abandoned and that this now was a focal point it seemed where there were so many things that were done i said i'm going to do whatever i can do to try to help fix this thing and so where did you start well, i started by trying to find who could do this mm -hmm. kind of work this is not you can't just go and hire the best contractor you know because mm -hmm. this is specialized work yeah this yeah. is a, a conservation uh, the type thing. So you have to have somebody who that's what they do. Like very fine detail. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, they get down with like toothbrushes mm. and they get in there with certain kinds of liquids that are used for a thing like this as opposed to someone who thinks that they have a good cleaning piece of cleaning stuff that they bought um, uh, you know in a, in a grocery store and that, that could totally destroy yeah, it. Yeah, obliterate so it. I spent a lot of time talking to people who were in this kind of work and I found a business called Conserve Art. They're from Hamden and their only purpose as all of, it's all that what they do is to restore monuments. And I felt much more comfortable at least starting there and I did. I met the owner whose name was Francis Miller. He came uh, to meet me on a, on a snowy day in, in January of 2015. He came back with me at least one other time and he's been himself there since then, I don't know how many, probably five or six times, and he made a, a comprehensive report. One was to clean the, the statue and the base, and the second was to restore it and to show exactly what the work was that was required to preserve it.
So we were able to get that estimate, which totals about 100, excuse me, totals about $50,000 to repair and restore uh, the monument itself with about one-third of that cost is due to the vandalism hmm. that was that was done to this over the years. So it's a significant amount, about $16,000 worth of repair and restorations because of the vandalism that was done. There's a separate cost estimate. You mentioned the cannons, as did I. And what has happened over the years is the front of the cannons are sinking hmm. because there was there was they were put, one of them was obviously put on, on a concrete front of it at some point after this was done, but all four had been just resting on the ground on their, on their stanchions, and the other three have sunk. Only the one that's still up is the one that's on the concrete. So mm. again, it's about $14,000 to lift the cannons because they have to use a crane in order to lift this, the front of them. So I started calling people. And I started going to various organizations and, and tell them this story. And uh, it's really been heartwarming because every person and every organization that I've gone to has agreed to help in some mm. way or another. And so I have current commitments of about $33,500, which is basically 60% of the first, what we call the project phase total. Some of our listeners may remember a, a few years ago, before I retired from the Community Foundation, that we had uh, learned of the theft mm. of bronze plaques, m memorial plaques, uh, honoring Valley the soldiers who had been killed uh, in various wars that had been stolen. And, and uh, we said, we have to do something about this. I said, we have to do something about this. I asked our board of directors to create a fund to replace the plaques. Uh, the board agreed, and we set aside funds to match every contribution to this fund up to the total amount necessary to replace all, all of the plaques. The people were, were very generous, and as was the city of Shelton, and we ended up with enough money to fix all of them. We had $1,500 left over. Hmm. And although there have been requests made since then for grants from this fund to install new memorials, this is not what the d intent of the donors to this fund was to restore those things that had been vandalized. Mm -hmm. So that money has been sitting there for uh, several years. In fact, in case, this is uh, exactly what it was set up to do, and the Valley Community Foundation has agreed. And not only will they be making a grant of $10,000 towards the restoration, but they are also going to distribute the $1,500 that remains in that, in that fund, because that's exactly what it's for, is and for restoration purposes. If I could just... Uh yep. Pause for a second. This is Ethan Fry and Eugene Driscoll, and you're listening to WNHH LP 103.5, streaming live at valleyindy.org and newhavenindependent.org. Uh, so I guess at this uh, at this uh, at this juncture, you've you've gotten commitments uh, from uh, the VCF and from a lot of uh, community organizations. So uh, what's the next step in this uh, restoration effort? Well, we have to take this take this to the city, which is what I've started to do. It's mm -hmm. the city's monument. The, uh, the city has the uh, final say on what is being done. So all of this was 
designed to walk in the door and say, we're serious. Mm -hmm. And to say, we're looking for the city's uh, agreement and consent to do the work, but always looking for the city to take its its proper role, which is number one, uh, to say that we can go ahead and do this. The fact of the matter was, it was originally my idea that the Valley Community Foundation was going to, to be uh, the entity to do this. I'm convinced that that was not correct. And uh, speaking with Tom Welch, the Derby Corporation Council, I agree with him. It's the city's monument. It's on city land. It's the city's. Th it's their. It's their job. Mm -hmm. And and, and uh, I won't put it that way. It's not their job, but it is. It is something that they that he feels, and that the the, uh, the tax board and uh, the committee of the board of aldermen, uh, all of whom I've met with. Uh, agree. So that's what is prepared to, uh, mm. now prepared to happen. Is They're the custodians of the monument. They are. Yeah, they yeah. are the custodians and the owner of the land on which it sits. And so that means they'll actually the, the money that's been raised they'll have sort of supervision over and decide who does the work or how. Well, we're looking. We're looking to have all of these things. This is what has already happened. The aldermanic committee, um, the community. I've forgotten the relations. Exact, I believe. Community yeah, relations. Yeah. Thank you committee I've already met with them they agree they think that this is the exactly the right thing to do the uh, board of apportionment and taxation met last week they have agreed because uh, we're not we weren't looking for big money from the city the only thing that we've talked to the city about is because the uh, uh, Shelton board of aldermen uh, has agreed uh, John Anglis the president called to tell me that they have agreed that in the event that the city of Derby were to uh, appropriate five thousand dollars for this purpose. The city of Shelton will match that amount. So, with the contribution of five thousand from Derby, is going to turn into ten thousand, mm. and uh, that goes a significant way towards um, a sixty thousand dollar price tag. It's, yeah. it's it's much more significant than you just take it by itself. It's in connection with everything else. So, what I'm asking the city to do, what I'm asking the aldermen to do this coming week is to agree with the tax board that the city will make a contribution of $5,000, which will in and of itself produce a matching contribution of the same amount from the city of Shelton. Shelton okay. So they double the money. And to approve the Corporation Council's suggestion that uh, the tax board, which the tax board has already done, agreed to waive the necessity of competitive bidding. Mm -hmm. This is a specialized activity, first of all, and uh, there's a limited number of people who, whose business it is to restore monuments. But second of all, and most importantly from the city's standpoint, that they will be getting all of this work done at a total uh, expenditure of $5,000. Mm. Mm. So it isn't as though it's a $70,000, $60,000 thing that they are footing the full bill for, the mm. taxpayers. For that $5,000, they will get 5000 from Shelton and the monument completely done. And is the uh, with that uh, with those commitments from uh, the cities of Derby and Shelton? Is that uh, w will you still need to raise money? Can yes. You, uh, can people still donate to that fund at the VCF? Well, that that's the final part of this mm -hmm. is that it's sort of like dominoes. Each thing bangs into something else. We need to have the city's approval. We need to have a fund agreement signed. Um, by all the by the two parties, the city, and we need to work out the details of how the money is going to go from 
the foundation to which the contributions will be made to the city, and the city will have to set up its manner of payment to the contractor. We wanted to assure the people of, of the city that work would not be done until there was sufficient money for each portion of that pro of that project, which was um, a, a particular uh, important, particularly important part for the for the tax board to understand that they are not on the hook for sixty thousand dollars for a contract, and there's only forty thousand dollars raised. That's not going to not going to be how it's going to work. Mm -hmm. So those are the details that need to be worked out, and uh, Attorney Welch and I have met three times, and we will be meeting again to try to figure that part out, and the, the Board of Aldermen will be meeting on, on Thursday of this uh, coming week, and hopefully that'll be it. And at that point, my expectation is, my hope is, that all of this will be lined up so that on the 4th of July, which will be 139 years after this thing was <laughs> first first um, implemented, first created, that uh, we will have in place the ability to say, let's do it. And like, yeah, as you said, the uh, you know, I, I, that was when I first started here at the Valley Indian, 2012, was right after that, that spate of vandalism at right. the the Hall Memorial, and there was a couple, of maybe it was at the Woodbridge Avenue yes, one, and Ansoni was one of them. Yes. The Whittock Memorial. And the Whittock Memorial, yeah. that's the, right. Um, and the Commodore Hall Memorial yep. in Shelton. And uh, it was, like, there was my introduction to the community, essentially, was seeing everybody, you know, like, there was uh, forms to donate to that in every mayor's office and city hall in the Valley. You could you could donate through uh, the website, and, it, like, the, the, the money was raised pretty quickly, I think, so it's something that people in the community I think here uh, clearly value um, in terms of you know honoring that that military service I think it's the same thing the, 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 the difference there <coughs> excuse me the difference there was it probably felt very much like a home invasion mm. I mean someone had broken into our house and stolen our stuff yeah, talk about offensive yeah. I mean, you can't really. get any more offensive how could that how could anything and how could whoever the entity was who accepted those plaques and gave them money to do it that they didn't do it to hang it in their house they did it because they were looking to get somebody to pay them and it that unfortunately was probably what happened and there but was never any you know somebody was arrested i think in the waterbury area if i remember correctly i don't know if they're ever charged uh with the local crimes here mm. but i know there was a couple of arrests elsewhere in the state for for similar yeah, uh, yeah. crimes and there was just uh, for a few bucks There's and there were uh, like there was another spate of uh, just like people like breaking into air conditioning units and stuff and stealing the copper wires out. And I think they had an arrest in those, and they were going to see that when we were one of the victims of that. Something. This building had its uh, <laughs> AC ransacked. Imagine that. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and it's like you you think about what people did in the days before AC when everybody wore. I'm just putting three together the fact clothing that clothing and stuff. I'm just putting together the fact that you were hired. You were a recent hire when all that happened. So. Yeah, well, it was just after, it was like during the, the drive to, to restore all that. And it, it was amazing to see how quickly that was done. You know? Chief Hale ever question you? Did we ever get to the bottom? And what I'm saying is you're, you sound like a suspect. <laughs> not a, not a, I wouldn't. Never happened in the Valley before you arrived. I, I, mean, I haven't steal, been here that long. Uh, if I wanted scrap metal, I would go after Connecticut Post and New Haven Register honor boxes because uh, they're not, they're not exactly filled with papers every day. I just speaking anyway. to that, this is a tangent, but I recently looked into, you know, we, we publish a, uh, a weekly newsletter essentially a four-page newspaper uh, but you don't want to call it a newspaper anymore because that's no, just saying that's like right. the, the, the talk about bad press because of the, the state of the industry but i was gonna i looked into buying one of those uh coin operated boxes and 
the companies that make them are going out of business, mm, which right. is just unbelievable. Because I wanted to put some in Derby, like next to some of the like the senior center or or, or, or near me uh, up on Hawthorne Avenue, just to see if you know just to make it available. But you can't even get those things anymore, which is neither uh, here nor there. But what I like about Jamie, he's got the legal mind, obviously. He's got the financial mind. He knows how like city government works to sort of transfer and make this happen. But then he's got the public relations side where he knows July fourth we're gonna. Mm-hmm. You're like the complete package of uh, PR, the, the the lawyer side of you. It's fascinating. I'm sorry, my to- mother's not here to hear these <laughs> wonderful <laughs> statements. It's very nice. Thank you, Eugene. Yeah. No. No. And, and speaking of your mother and uh, your history in Derby, your family's history goes back generations. Uh, and I think that's a nice segue. Maybe we can take a break from the conversation to do This Week in History, Ethan. And it's a very special This Week in History because it's an all-derby edition of This Week in Perfect. History. In, in honor of your appearance. Because we knew you'd get mad if we started talking about Seymour or Absolutely something. Absolutely not. Trying to stay on Jamie's good <laughs> Just side. Just happier. Uh, okay, Ni- uh, to start off, May 23rd, 1907. I thought this was an interesting one. Derby. There has been an increase in the number of females spotted driving automobiles, which at this time in history <laughs> is considered an odd sight, 1907. <laughs> considered an odd sight now in you know, some countries, but anyway. May 30th, 1907, Derby, a baby... That joke fell flat, I just want to say that. <laughs> like Saudi Arabia. Crickets. A baby okay. carriage gets loose on Main Street near Minerva Street and rolls down backward down the hill. It strikes a horse-drawn truck but the driver stops the horses before the impact to avoid crushing it. The carriage topples, but a pillow falls under the baby, saving his life. Wow. It's pretty, pretty intrepid reporting there. From Wasn't me. that a scene in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? I was going to say uh, it reminded me of The Untouchables, that iconic oh, uh, right. uh, train Kostner station scene, which was in itself an homage to, uh, I think... Russian, right? Uh, yeah, the battleship Potemkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, silent film. But let's... Uh, all right, so, wait. You seem the, you the, seem skeptical. The details of that story. Where, I'm just wondering how... What year was that? 1907. Where was the reporter to? I wonder if... I wonder how... He knew the paper, about the pillow. Yeah, like how, yeah, or how was he there? I wonder where how they... Was the evening how they Sentinel, got there? Yeah, they must have... They, I'm sure they had like a derby bureau. Yeah. Right? It was on Elizabeth yeah. Street. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, right, right. It would have been the next street yeah, over. They had multiple bureaus uh, in those days. Probably just heard the commotion and... And, and, was and we're right there, I mean, yeah. How many times did that happen in, to us on Main Street here, you know? Right, yeah, it's true. If it happens on Main Street in Ansonia... We're on it. Most likely it's going to be news because it's right outside the door. It's an honest uh, assessment. Okay. Uh, May 31, 1909. I thought this was particularly uh, poignant. Uh, Derby and Shelton Dateline. The Memorial Day Parade winds through both towns. 26 Civil War veterans march while 10 more ride in carriages. Services are held at Oak Cliff Cemetery and exercises on Derby Green. So in 1909, 44 years after the end of the Civil War, there were still 36 uh, proud Civil War veterans uh, living in the valley and, and marching in that Memorial Day parade, which just shows, you know, like, you know, obviously it's a Civil War, so like there were more Americans were killed in that in that conflict than any other, uh, all the other ones combined, I think up to that point. Um, but it just shows how, you know, how, how widespread the service was, I think, and, and how deep, uh, how deeply held it was. 
and how you don't have to really, when you think about it, you don't really have to go back that far yeah. uh, in, in Derby history. I'm always amazed that, well, I will read a story from the Sentinel or maybe from the later uh, This Week in Histories from like the 50s. And the last names, you'll be like, oh, yeah, we, we just, yep. his son is on the tax board mm-hmm. or something like that. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me. Uh, June 1, 1932, Derby. The new Lakeview Inn on Lake Housatonic opens. The exterior is green and white of French colonial architecture. The interior is decorated with hangings of shell pink and moss green. A large dance floor is in the middle of the first floor. And I think that's the that the, became the, the Lakeview restaurant. The Lake House. There? That's or what Lake we're House. thinking. No, I, that's the one in Oxford. Oh, was that in Oxford? The one that was in Derby. Um, the one that was in Derby became a Romano's, and then it became something called John Garden, which was run by Lino Lucarelli for some years, and then various things since then. Oh, was that where the antique shop that's was? Rec- okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, right next okay. to the Yale so Boathouse. Oh, I literally right. can see yeah, that like from my back window. Yeah, like across the street from, there's another, or sort of across, it's down near like Maddie's, uh, a little before Maddie's, if you're mm-hmm. uh, driving from, you know, uh, der- uh, downtown Derby. That's it. We gotta get you to sit in on every week to to, to to give us these That's exactly uh, this what I was info. hoping for, though, because a lot of times we'll, we'll name a place, and you and I, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, June 1, 1960, Derby. Ground is broken for the new Bradley's Department Store on the Mill Street Connector, which, according to this, is now today's Pershing Drive. Yes. Is the, was the old Mill Street Connector. That's so correct. Back in 1960, commercial development there. So where Bradley's. was it? Like, wh- where was Bradley's then? was across from what was then the Valley Bowl. Okay. Okay. So the uh, shop all of right that now. All of the things on the other side of the street are completely different. Mm. But that was the first shopping center in the area. It was right there. And then and we had a, uh, the speaking of the Valley Bowl, we had uh, 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 on one of our earlier podcasts, we spoke to the uh, people who are making a movie about Charlton Comics, which was... Uh, over documentary, well, right? Yeah, they're making they a documentary. Right on the corner. Right Dave Leonard was just asking me about that the other day, the progress of that. I, we haven't checked in in a while, but mm. uh, I don't know uh, if they've moved forward or, or, or where that is. And where did your family operate there? They had a, a shop on... My grandfather started um, a business called The Fair Shop in 1908. 1904, 1908, which was at that time on Elizabeth Street, Shapiro's jeweler was right next door. Um, I don't know that the lead drug company may have been on the corner at that time, but that was the corner of Maine and, and Elizabeth, and then it moved it around the corner to 221 Main Street, where it was until there until redevelopment took the building. My father's law office for 40 years was directly above his father's store hmm. I think, the, think the rent was good <laughs> <laughs> now did you kind of grow up going between those two places or were you did oh yeah i mean okay. we lived in we lived in derby lived in near the griffin hospital mm-hmm. and um actually i lived in derby until i was a more over almost 50 years old hmm. and, uh, and like so you just moved out two years ago no uh, <laughs> And now the current uh, cohen and thomas the yes. the law office which is right across if you're coming from the sheldon bridge uh, you know, you see it if, as you turn on to 34. That was originally a bank, was Derby it? Derby Savings Bank. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's sort of like, it's one of my favorite buildings it's in Derby. It's just a wonderful building. They and were going to knock that, that whole block down. Wow. They, when, when they built the parking garage, the, the hmm. vision was to take the entire, make that parking garage go all the way to Main Street. And the, would that have demoed uh, 
Twisted Vine? Yes. To, wow. Birmingham National. Wow. The Home Trust Company in the middle, which is now the senior center in Derby Savings Bank. And the city was protested. They had to go to then-Senator Ribicoff to get HUD to change wow. the um, proposal to modify the taking so that those three buildings could be saved. Uh, yeah, I remember like driving through... Uh like uh, as a kid, like I would, we would go to like New Haven for, we, we lived in Brookfield and we'd go to like New Haven for whatever reason. And we'd of course take 34 and we'd drive, like I was always thought it was such a cool little downtown, it was great. you know, um, downtown Derby. And hopefully uh, it will be again. It's sort of amazing how a lot of the, whenever you hear about redevelopment, like done by the federal government anywhere, it hasn't worked out mm. Or even like all I, that yeah, well. I'm, I'm reminded of that scene in like Mad Men where they talk about uh, demolishing the old Penn Station and like you know putting up what's there now, which everybody hmm. or a lot of people don't like in comparison to the old one, like a Beaux Arts sort of masterpiece. The, the 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 problem was in those days in the '60s that the only money was for acquisition and demolition. There was no money for rehabilitation. Mm. So they had to move people out. They had to put businesses out of business uh, without the ability, in many cases, to get a proper place to relocate to in the same community. And then they demolished the buildings. That's what happened to the, the, to the city of Derby and the, to a very great extent when they knocked all of the buildings down on, on Main Street where my grandfather's store was, from Lee Drug Company to Dector's at the other end of the block. They replaced it with a bank. That was right down the street, the Derby Savings Bank. They needed a better building, but they didn't need to destroy mm. all the all the buildings. And the other part of it that was devastating to Derby was the fact that there were so many of the businesses of the buildings where people lived upstairs. Many of my friends right. in, in, in school lived upstairs. And they there were there were five drugstores in downtown Derby. Mm. There were four different food uh, stores. There was an A and P at Fulton Market. I mean it was it was a, a a thriving commercial place, and, and there was like tear, a, they tore it all down. Tore it all down. And there was a department store, uh, Howard and Barber, yep, lasted yep. for probably close to a hundred years. Yeah, and then like I, you see, when you go on, when we're looking up like this week in history and stuff, or there's Facebook pages that are like Valley History themed. Uh, just seeing like some of the pictures, the interior of that department store—it's—it's it's amazing. It's an amazing it sort was of a, it was trip a, through a time. local family that owned that owned that store, and they were they were like the Malley's people in New Haven. It was home owned. They wanted it to be nice. It was like Mrs. Auerbach with Chief Fox in, in Hartford. You mm. cared about it because it was your name was on the door. And you mentioned you know uh, drug stores and retail outlets with apartments above, and now. They're like yeah, that's what it's coming full circle. You yeah, know, retail right. on the first floor. Because now it's all about yeah, yeah, transit-oriented development. There's like a, even don't break Mixed the microphone. Use, we, yeah. just, we just paid for that. The uh, yeah, and how it, it kind of went in the '80s to like condos, or maybe it wasn't the '80s. I don't know. That's or, just you my know, old like memory. Central business districts and, and the big the big box stores. Yeah, yeah. And and now it's sort of coming back that the where, where people want to live now is where they can get to transportation e easily, which Derby has, which Ansonia has. But we're still sort of trying to... So what's happening right now in New Haven is thousands of new apartments are, are being built in the, within the downtown area. And they're allowing them, in many cases, to build them without the, the, zoning, the, the zoning requirements. In many cases, there has to be so many parking places for right. so many 
And they said, this doesn't make any sense. The people who are going here, they don't, know, they don't want cars. Hmm. They don't want to deal with that. They're going to call Uber or they're going to have a bike or they're going to walk. Yeah, all those, all those New Haven independent it's, people it's drive amazing. around on bikes. It's just, it's ama- what's happening in New Haven is, is exactly what you're saying. When they figure it out and they say, this is what we should do. The new urbanism, that's what new, I've heard. Thank you. Yeah, which is, I guess, just Derby is trying to now, their latest effort with their redevelopment zone on the south side of Main Street, a terribly complicated uh, zone just for all the different property owners and the railroad involved, but they brought in the people who basically wrote the book on the new urbanism, and they're going to, I guess, try to get that uh, off the ground uh, in, over in, in Derby. And in turn, like, to bring up, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about conservation, that's the, you know, to bring it back to the, the reason you're here, uh, you're going to the alderman's meeting on Thursday. Uh, like I, I, I can't think of it, like any reason they could possibly not uh, just get this thing through as as, as quickly as possible. So I, I would I would think you're you're expecting a a good reception with it with the alderman Thursday. I think, it, uh, I think it makes a great deal of sense mm-hmm. from every standpoint to move forward this way. We have a community which is demonstrated before I've even asked for money. I've only asked for commitments that were 63% of the way towards the first part of this project. So, and a uh, $5,000 uh, uh, grant from donation from the city of Derby turns into 10,000. Yeah. I mean, each each step, if you take it little by little, uh, it, it the, the weight of it is in favor, and that's what I hope that the aldermen will agree with the tax board and their own committee. And if people uh, are hearing this and want to uh, contribute money to this, uh, will there be a, can they do so now through the VCF website, or will you guys set something? No, there's no, there is, there is no, the only way you can can do that is to have a fund agreement. Okay. Um, It isn't like the Cancer Society or other organizations, it just goes into a big pot. Uh, each fund that is established at the community foundation is because there is an entity or an individual that has created a fund for that purpose. That's where we are, and that's what we need to do. All of these things, put them all together, and then have a fund agreement between the city of Derby and the Valley Community Foundation, and then the pot will exist. Okay. And then right we'll now, the people want to make pledges that that's for more that would be very welcome, and uh, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, post that as an update Good. on this podcast, as well as probably as a, a new, st- a separate story as well. When uh, shooting for the Fourth of July, yeah. yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Uh, write that down. We can wrap up if you want. Yeah, anything, yeah. Anything, anything else? Uh, anything else, uh, Jamie, about this uh, project you uh, want to mention or thought was important that we haven't asked about? Or uh, I mean, it, it's it's you know, I, I like I think it's. I say this as someone who's like interested in history, and, and like we're at the thirty-five minute mark. I, sh- I should probably just say that instead of waving my hands yeah, like yeah. a madman. <laughs> I mean, we have time if you if you wanted to ask about something else, or we can. Call no, no, I was just a, it, it seems like a no-brainer. Just a, like I, I say that as somebody who's like I've read yeah. a lot about the this Civil is one War, of those but issues. Like it's, it's really interesting to me. But I think anybody would uh, would right. have to agree that it's it's you know it's, it's one of those issues. It's sort of like we just did the great give uh, sort of a webcast telethon, whatever you want to call it, and we had in uh, you know over the course course of we only did thirty-two hours instead of thirty-four. We did go home for four hours sleep, which was <laughs> subject uh, of great controversy to. Uh, First selectman, Kurt Miller and Rick Dunn from a... But, like, we had Spooner House in here. And we have a half hour scheduled with uh, the Spooner House. And basically, you know, it's... 
it's it's a it's a shelter that helps displaced families, homeless families, and you can contribute to it. That's all you have to say. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. really like it's we like can talk. This for, is a vital service, right? Yeah. Right. It's almost like th- this is what we're trying. You know, you're, you're trying to fix a, a civil war monument. You know, a testament to Derby's past. Uh, it's Memorial Day is coming up. You can't. I mean, I bring my son there. You know, the, 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 what I love about that monument personally. Those cannons, and this may sound juvenile, it brings my son to it. You know, he's five mm. years old. No, they, so, yeah, and it reminds, Daddy, do those yeah. cannons work? What are those cannons? And it gets into a whole discussion of uh, of the Civil War. And that's how, they, yeah, and how you broach that with of, your uh, son. Of so. the, um, and when I was growing up, in, uh, I lived in Brookfield, and we'd go up to New Milford occasionally, and they have like an old World War One tank on their green. And that was like that, like New Milford was the most popular place to go when I was like five or six years old. Like, oh, let's go see the tank, you right. know? But then. You learn about the, it's an introduction uh, the war to, to as, history as a yeah. on the national and local level, and so it's something. Yeah, let's uh, you know. There, there's no reason the fact that people vandalize it is sad, but it can be it can be replaced, and I'm sure uh, Jamie's going to get it done because that's what Jamie Cohen does. He gets it done. <laughs> Thank you. The, 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 Dang right. Just to take a step back, uh, you would say to somebody, "Well, where are you going to be?" And I say, "Well, we'll meet you at the Cannons." That was plural. That was downtown on the Green. If I meet you at the Cannon on the corner of Atwater Avenue and Seymour Avenue, and Derby is the uh, the Veterans Memorial oh, right. building, and mm-hmm. they had they had a, a World War One cannon there, so you had to be, you had to be specific. Yeah, you were in the wrong cannon. Yeah, that's a that's another sort of like iconic uh, point in Derby that that whole property and that cannon there. Yeah, and and Whittock Park too. That ju- that story uh, uh, of of Frank Whittock is just unbelievable. Mm. Like my son plays, we played soccer just last night. Uh, over there, and he asks about that because it's not, it's beautiful. I don't know if you've seen it. They, the city put in a, a pedestrian bridge yes. right there, so you can cross over the spillway, and so it's it's opened up uh, that park. And I can't imagine because I've only lived in Derby now for about ten years, but that is just an incredible piece of property there. Just I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, soccer alone. But that's another thing I've, I start telling my son about. Uh, you know, this this is a hero. This is actually what a man did from Derby. Uh, you know, to save his uh, his fellow soldiers. Uh, so it's just to, you know, talk about living history there. Yeah, so. yeah. The wonderful thing is that whole area was was preserved, the water uh, shed and the land, and it was not sold for development but for this kind of use in the Ansonia High School on the other side of the, mm. of the same property. So. Yeah, and I'm in just a city like Derby, where that's you know Connecticut's smallest city, where right. where land is at a premium. It's, yeah, you're it's you're nice landlocked. It's it's developed in some cases. It's I, it's, I don't think we're talking. It's overdeveloped in, in in some spots. So to have that there as a as a Derby resident, it's a great you know that and even more than Osmondale because you can actually uh, I mean Osmondale is wonderful. Mm. But if I you know go kick a soccer ball, you can do it at Whittock Park. It's a great it's the jewel of Derby. So definitely. And Go a, ahead, you and, wrap and it up. A monument I, I, to, uh, I actually, I'll uh, I'll read the uh, from the uh, poem that's on the base of the uh, the monument there. Now Ethan loves to read poetry. I should just throw that out there yeah. as you go in, whenever you get the chance. This is uh, the bivouac of the dead, Theodore O'Hara, on fame's eternal camping ground. Their silent tents are spread, and glory guards with solemn sounds the bivouac of the dead. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you, Mr. Cohen, for coming by. Thank you for having me. And we'll uh, we'll see, we'll hear we'll we'll, we'll talk I, to you I, next I, week. This is yeah. the worst sign off. Ever. This is the I'm end sorry. of the broadcast. We'll talk to you later. Exactly. There you go.